0: On the show today, my subclass is blue, pick a natural disaster card, any natural disaster card, and epic fails in board gaming in 3, 2, 1... With our powers combined, we have finally arrived. Alex, how are you?
1: I am Captain
0: Pebble. You're Captain Pebble? Oh, well then it fits with the theme song. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody, on another episode of Total Pebble Knockdown. I am Nathan. I am
1: Captain Pebble, and welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, Captain Pebble, and our powers have combined. Welcome to uh, the, the Oops! All Tabletop episode. Uh, today we are actually just going to be talking about tabletop games, and actually not even so much on the RPG front. It's got a lot of board games I want to discuss today, so that's fun. A little change, switch things up a little bit.
1: It is.
0: So first up on the show, we have Weekly Muse, And uh, the Weekly Muse is sort of a big grab bag this week because uh, when I was going through the internets, you might have heard of those. As one does. As one does. I was looking up some tabletop news and it turns out that, uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, but basically everything is being turned into a game. Uh, Yes, I
1: am aware of that. Or every game is being turned into a movie.
0: Yes, more on that in a different episode. (laughs) Hopefully, never. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we won't. But uh, really, a lot of uh, tabletop games, some RPGs, and a lot of board games. A surprising amount. I wanted to talk about some licensed properties. A lot of them, actually, that have decided to dip their toes into... The uh, the tabletop space. And uh, the big one that was announced this last month was that, uh, hey, Power Rangers, the one and only, is going to have a role-playing game. Why? Is is that even Why?
1: still relevant? Are
0: uh, Power
1: Rangers still relevant?
0: Apparently. Where? It, uh, <laughs> in something. Place. I don't even know if there's a current series going on, to be honest with you. I I don't know, and I'm scared to look it up. The uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, as they like to remind us, was uh, first premiered in '93. Just to kind of give I mean, you an idea. I mean, for in America, you mean? Uh, sure. Because <laughs> it's not originally American, but well, most of the scenes are the same in the Japanese version and the American version, Mm. but it doesn't matter. The point is that if you were a kid in the 90s, you might have remembered the Power Rangers, the uh, teenagers with attitude. And uh, that what they were called? You don't remember the Power Rangers, I am guessing. You don't remember Zordon coming down and going, you need to find me teenagers with attitude. And then they found five teenagers with attitude. For the record, yeah. the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was an
1: adaptation of the 1992 Japanese Super Sentai series. hmm So, I mean, it's only a year prior,
0: but... Right. Yeah. And for those who don't really understand, what they did is they wanted to uh, get it to an American audience, to a Western audience. So they basically left all of the scenes with the the people in the suits the same. Uh, yeah. and and then they just changed the actors around for the out of costume part. The nineties teenagers. So they could re so they could reuse half the episode without having to do really oh, anything yeah. at all. And
1: those great big cardboard cityscapes fights.
0: They could just repurpose it the same way. Um, I recently found out that the Fraggles did something similar. They the uh, the uh, old man who was in the shop in the Fraggles. I
1: thought you were gonna say the Fraggles made a TTRPG.
0: No, no, don't worry, we have other things to talk about, but no, no, that the Fraggles, the section with the the old man and the dog, different countries had different old men and dogs. That, that... makes sense, that's localization. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't know much about Frangles. I... Frangles? Frangles. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know much about Frangles. I know that, I know that uh, Uncle Travelin' Mate had uh went to a lot of places but i think we got Those on wrangles here <laughs> sorry i think we got off on too many frangles that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today uh power rangers something else that doesn't really make much sense but uh yeah so it's getting the tabletop rpg version and it's uh, going to be using the essence 20 system I don't even know what that is. Okay, so the Essence 20 system basically has four main stats. Strength, Speed, Smart, and Social. And Why are they all S's? Because, I mean, come on, it's the Essence 20 system. I think they just wanted to go with S's.
1: Is it the S apostrophe S no, it's, system? N- no,
0: it's essence like you would see in, like, um, well, that's Kingdoms of Amalur. that's just bad branding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they really should have thought this through. But, no, I think they just wanted four S's in a row. I don't really know why. But uh, the idea is that those four then derive to other stats, that there's, like, three or four other stats. Do they that all begin. start with
1: S's too? No,
0: they don't. <laughs> They, they don't, they don't. You have uh, building blocks that, uh, you know, might be deception, but also, like, encouragement for, like, your social stat. So it kind of, as I was reading up on it, I was like, this actually sounds a lot more like just how DD skills and stats work, but we're not going to talk about that. The same building blocks, though, Alex, good news, are going to be used for RPGs for G.I. Joe and Transformers. Did I break your brain for a second If there? I wanted to do a G.I.
1: Joe type game, I'd probably use Wrath and Glory.
0: Okay. From okay. the Warhammer RPG yeah. that they did. I don't yeah.
1: remember who owns uh, the rights to that right now. The Wrath and Glory one was not fantasy flight, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think it maybe... I don't know. Anyways, I'd probably use Wrath and Glory, because the, then I wouldn't need to learn a G.I. Joe one and I could just still kill aliens. America. Um, yeah. Transformers, however. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. issue I have with this isn't that I think it sounds terrible. It's like, sure. How do you get to make your
0: transformer? I um, want to
1: see this character creation yes. process.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. And do you get to choose between the Decepticons and the Autobots, or? Mm, I think
1: maybe there's a freewheeling.
0: Oh, yeah. Ma- Is that Faction? I don't know. I think there's other ones, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Where How does get it take place? Again? Is it on Cybertron? I'd love it if it was on Cybertron. Is right. it on...
1: I mean, can we do, like, Transformers Beast Wars? Because that was my favorite.
0: Oh, yeah. Beast Wars was terrific. Terrific. My yeah. favorite...
1: <laughs> on topic, but off topic, my favorite Transformer in Transformers Beast Wars was Inferno. Oh. He was the Fire Ant... And he always called Megatron his queen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because ant
1: colonies.
0: Right. I'm trying to think who was in uh, Beast Wars that I like. Wasn't there one that was a Manta Ray? Uh, I think maybe, I don't remember who it was. Right. There's the um, Cheetah. I like the Cheetah. That was that was Bumblebee. That Bumblebee turned into the or, Cheetah. Or sorry, Cheetah. Cheetor, Right. And then Waspinator with was Starscream. Oh yeah. Yeah, and just insufferable. Yeah, who was Rat Trap? I remember Rat Trap, but I don't remember who it was originally. I don't yet. remember. I I love the fact though that they turned Optimus into the gorilla and they made him Optimus Primal. Yes, that was and, until
1: later on when he became just like a jet. Yeah, and a bulldozer. I don't know a ton of things, and and Megatron became a freaking two headed dragon.
0: Yeah. It might have gone a little off the rails at the end there, but uh, anyway, now you get to play an RPG about it, so maybe the Beast Wars. About Transformers, maybe not Beast Wars. That'll be an add-on. That'll be a Splat Book. I hope so. I hope so, yeah.
1: <laughs> see, see, I actually think that'd be interesting, like, especially from our near episode, where we sure. talked about the modular uh, skills and slots type thing. Mm-hmm. I assume Transformers would be able to change out their equipment. A a large robot TTRPG. Like a Gundam-style TTRPG. Probably not not terrible. Depending on the system itself, but you know.
0: Right. Anyway, those are all using the Essence 20 system. uh, Which is a system that I had just learned about when I was looking all of this stuff up. Uh, But they are not... By any means, uh, the only things that- What else, Nathan? Oh, there's so much more, Alex. Uh, RuneScape. It's an RPG, but- I know. But, did you know that it is also going to have a board game and tabletop RPG that they say are going to be compatible with D&D 5e?
1: I don't understand how that would work.
0: I don't either. It did not seem to make sense when I was reading about it, either. I don't
1: know if you ever played RuneScape. I did not. It's a lot of grind.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of grind. Well, yeah. I assume it's RuneScape Classic? It's probably RuneScape Classic.
1: Because, yeah, it's it's a lot of grind.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of that
1: bookkeeping we've said multiple occasions. That doesn't really work well for tabletop because no one wants to do accounting.
0: Yeah. They say that it is promising fresh but faithful adaptations of classic quests and characters. And the board game for one to five players will involve chatting to NPCs, exploring the world, and tackling quests. Almost sounds a little bit more like the board game is like a pocket version of an RPG that you just like lay out on the table. Yeah. And, and, oh my goodness, there will be crafting, cooking, and leveling up skills involved.
1: Oh boy. (laughs) At least they have crafting, because that's a huge part of RuneScape. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like leveling Leveling your crafting for four
0: hundred hours. Perfect. Can't wait. Can't wait for that to be a board game where you get to sit around a table with other people. I'm looking forward to that. Um but anyway, wanted to touch on that, but oh there's there's more. Don't worry. <laughs> we got we got but Wait.
1: There's more.
0: But wait, there's more, and in some ways so much less. They recently announced in February that Funko games, you might have heard of them, are Nope. D- well, you've heard of Funko. Nope. You just talked about Funko Pops on the last episode. Oh, Fun
1: Funko. funko. I thought you were like
0: Funko. Oh no, no, Funko.
1: Like the Fun Company.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Funko. The ones that make the little action figures and stuff. Pop figures. Anyway, they have a games division and they revealed that they're Really? Yeah, go figure. And, uh, they have revealed that they have a whole new, uh, set of tabletop games that are going to be inspired by Disney characters and attractions. And when I say that, Alex, I'm not talking about, like, for the individual movies, or like the more recent ones. Like the theme park? Yeah! Like, there's gonna- There's gonna be one called Happiest Day, it's a board game about the Magic Kingdom. There's, uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Are these licensed? Yeah! Yeah, wow. Walt. Disney. Why? Who care? This some of these though. I was like, I am surprised they thought that they wanted to do these. They they're doing a Goofy movie game. Do you remember okay, the Goofy that, movie? But That probably needed something because that movie was. Goofy. It was. It was, and in similar fashion, Return of the Headless Horseman. There's gonna be a game. You okay. Get to play so classic Ichabod, who correct? who are they aiming where what
1: yeah. are all these IPs we're talking about aiming at? Are they just aiming at 90s kids?
0: Apparently, maybe they figured that like during this time period where like tabletop's making a resurgence and like a lot of like the folks in the 30s, maybe early 40s, they're jonesing for a little nostalgia trip. No, I I mean <laughs> I know people are really
1: big disney sluts sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but fuck. (laughs) listen i know several people who are just like disney and like i get it i get it disney movies are we're we're not talking about disney movies we're talking about disney attractions at the the theme parks yeah Oh uh, yes, got the board game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They, I, I mean, not all of them are specifically about the attractions, but I thought that those were the really standout ones. There there are going to be ones, like, they're doing one for the Disney princesses called Pattern Party. Do you make quilts? You spin a little dial to match characters and colors and patterns and shapes. I'm, I'm sure it's it's like ages three and up, so I don't think that it's supposed to be a particularly, you know, robust mechanical uh, game. <laughs>
1: But, I, so basically what I'm hearing is Funko is making games that are aimed at uh, either 30 to 40 year olds yeah. or children who don't know anything in art in school.
0: I mean, that's kind of Disney's entire business model, really, if you think about it. That's fair. <laughs> that's why they brought back, you know, the the Star Wars. You know, they wanted the nostalgia trip for the older kids. Folks, and then they wanted uh, something that the younger kids could still enjoy because it got lights and sound and everything. You know, That's it, it's actually kind of in the model. It's just, I was... I guess.
1: I'm, I'm just <laughs> wondering, like, are they going to be taking classic, like, Hasbro-type games, Milton Bradley games, and just retooling them to be
0: Disney? That would be... Interesting. None of these necessarily look like they're specifically uh, like a Milton Bradley game. Actually, the Goofy Movie game has like a map of the United States and, and Mexico where it looks like there's different spots where you're supposed to like make memories and you... you... The Game of Life? It's The Game of Life, yeah. it's for the Goofy uh, Movie. For the Goofy Movie. It is... You'll be able to play cards that allow you to collect memories and travel to new locations. And then they have locations that are based on the film.
1: So it's like the game of life. Yeah. But goofy. But goofy. And but goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. It's good. I hate this. I hate
0: all this. Don't worry, there's so much more. Um, oh god damn. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where it's just gonna break Alex. Um no. After I saw all of this, Alex, I started thinking to myself, is this just, like, a big trend of, like, just massive, massive interest in licensed titles from other things getting into the space? And uh, I pulled up this article from Polygon that came out earlier in the year where they mentioned the most funded tabletop Kickstarters of 2021. And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, they list 10 and at least half of these are licensed games. <laughs> I'm sure one of the biggest is probably Avatar. Avatar was at the top, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Avatar Legends. But you probably didn't know that The Witcher Old World was... I
1: think... Is
0: it an RPG or a board game? I believe it's a board game. Think I'm going to I show. did hear about it? It is, yeah. Vaguely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm similarly though these are ones I was not familiar with Uh, Stellaris Infinite Legacy had not Uh, I think I saw something about
1: that too I didn't realize it was a tabletop game though Mm -hmm. Uh, Stellaris kind of makes sense
0: as a tabletop board game though it's a strategy game so yeah yeah. Monster Hunter World the board game I I was like I don't know I don't know if that works Um, I don't the, uh, the the Binding of Isaac Four Souls Requiem I don't really know how you turn a roguelike into a game, but interesting. I mean, you,
1: you can. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Maybe it's a tiling game. I don't...
0: It, it appears to be a card game. Oh, even worse. Yeah. <laughs> even worse. And uh, because, of course, we needed to. Uh, of course, there is a Marvel United X-Men game. You know you needed one. Those five were very large and we're talking about anywhere from the 9.5 million that avatar made down to stellaris at the bottom but still at 2.5 million
1: why are we doing this why don't we just talk about disney
0: <laughs> you just want to talk more about disney
1: let's just yeah apparently people just go crazy over that. <laughs> We're going to do an entire Disney-themed episode of Total Pun mm-hmm. Lockdown. Yeah. If you're interested, uh, give us ideas.
0: You know what You know what? one of those segments has to be? Is that we're going to take one of the most obscure movies in like the Disney animated catalog, and we'll have to brainstorm a game that we can make out of it. I'll take right. suggestions. We'll take suggestions. Perfect. For that.
1: And then we'll pitch it to Disney, because apparently being creatively bankrupt you money.
0: i guess so um and hey if they don't pick it up netflix will netflix will buy anything really i mean
1: we don't we don't have the ip so we
0: can't well them. we'll just we'll change some names around fair good Oops. Perfect. Yeah, let's do that. We'll change some names around, and all of a sudden, we have a brand new... Just remember,
1: theme. Nathan, in tabletop, you cannot copyright your mechanics. Therefore, we can just wholesale rip games and make new games <laughs> for <from> new things.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. I guess my, my big takeaway from this is, I don't really know if every single IP in the world needs to make a tabletop game. I feel like it's... <laughs> I
1: think most of them shouldn't.
0: And I know that the reason why they do is because, well, money... Fandoms, uh, fandoms will buy anything. If you're a Marvel fan, you probably won't play the game. You're not necessarily, but you'll want to buy the game. Uh, maybe, maybe. Or
1: let's, if, uh, let's make it supernatural.
0: Oh, board game. you know that would actually do really yeah, well. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> that would do. That would do so well. And you, ju- you know what you do is you just if you can just get like Jensen Ackles. You to probably come, Yeah, just to, to promote it. Come
1: on. You, what you do is you sell it with a... Uh, it comes with packets of salt. Perfect. I didn't watch Supernatural. I just know
0: Neither I did references. I. They could make Riverdale into... Uh, that would be horrifying. It would be a horror game. Perfect, we need more horror games in the world. We really do, especially especially ones based on that. Sometimes they try to fit way too much into the, the framework of making it into a game. <laughs> so, so I definitely don't, like, I don't necessarily need the wire to end up being a game <laughs> I play. Um, it would just be odd for them to do that. Although, come to think of it, they did turn Sopranos into a video game, didn't they? Probably. Yeah. I know that they're going to because, as we just said, it had there's so much money involved in these. Maybe not for Power Rangers, but the point is, I'm sure they'll recoup whatever the cost was that they put into it. Uh, If you had twenty dollars, the twenty dollars they put into it. What, what like Saturday morning cartoon would you like to see a board game of?
1: Oh man. Um I know you'd probably say the fucking Powerpuff Girls.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um damn, I don't know. Saturday morning cartoon or just cartoon
0: in general. We could just do cartoons in general.
1: Yeah, no, I watch a lot of cartoons. I'd like to actually actually I know what I would like. If anything, was to be a tabletop game made from a IP I do like. Mm-hmm. I would say Adventure Time Seven RPG.
0: Adventure Time? Adventure Time needs an RPG? Yep. That would be pretty great. You know? Yeah. They did. I played an Adventure Time video game that was an RPG. Yes. They've made a couple. But I mean like a tabletop Tabletop RPG. game. Yeah. Yeah. Where you could actually build your character.
1: So, uh, we're going to try and get Pendleton Ward on the show. Sure. To discuss, uh, making a Adventure Time TTRPG with.
0: <laughs> you know what I just thought was would be a great a great thing to turn into uh, an RPG, heavy metal, like lead. No, <laughs> no. The... I don't know heavy metal. People who people who just heard me say that know what I'm talking about. So oh, I, great! I, Thanks for I, explaining it. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> heavy 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 metal was a very adultish kind of cartoon back in the '80s, and it had oh, a very okay. a very. We
1: don't need no.
0: We don't need any more. Adult-oriented RPGs. Well, well, it it would have been considered like more R-rated, but it, it was a movie. But it was like every scene, every like frame looked like a heavy metal album cover when they made it. It was that kind okay. of art style. And... Oh,
1: there's there's a an ad going on uh, that I've seen on Facebook on it for a Kickstarter called like Astra Inferno or something like that. Oh yeah, or whatever it is. And the the logo is, like, heavy so heavy metal that it's not something you can read.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: that's fair. And, like, I actually looked in their comments, and someone's like, that logo is not, like, legible, maybe you could do better. And they're like, Yes, yeah, not. Mm-hmm. it, by human,
0: no <laughs> human no, souls, no. and it's like, all right, fair. <laughs> like just the box art alone looks like if uh, if if Dungeons and Dragons decided to like go through like a, a like a punk phase or a goth phase, <laughs> heavy metal has. I think tendency. you mean like
1: a satanic phase, actually?
0: Uh, maybe a little bit, or they just they went through the terrible teens and they came out the other side.
1: Well then you would just need to put a swoop of hair and some eyeliner on it.
0: Yeah, since they're going to make Power Rangers into a game, they should do Mystic Knights of Tir Nanog. That would also be an equally bad idea. You could choose your you could choose your elemental weapon and then you'd you'd have to choose like if you were going to be the champion of of earth or of water or of air or You just world. want a Captain
1: Planet RPG, Nathan. Anyway, are there any more Terrible licenses you need to tell me about. Probably in this segment.
0: Probably, but not at the moment. So you, you can find on it our impressed. next Friday feature. Sorry, Saturday special. <laughs> on the Saturday special, just like every every other one that we could possibly find. But I think that that was all I wanted to do for now because that's a that is a lot. That it's is too many. It is too many. <laughs> Next up on the show, we have uh, Delving Deeper, where... Uh, we delve much deeper. So deep. We're going to delve all the way down into the caverns of game design. And on this one, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about making games into a learning experience. Now, the reason why I thought about doing this as topic was of the most unlikely of places. I was uh, going around, looking for all of those licensed games I was talking about, and uh, something came up from halfway across the world, from the newspaper, The Philippine Star. you Bet you you didn't know that that's where we were going with this. Nope. There was an article where the University of the Philippines had created a tabletop game called uh, Sakunwari, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong, that probably <laughs> that aimed to gamify disaster management and i i immediately was like what are they talking about um and what it was was basically like a, a card-based game where they would be able to take major issues that we're dealing with today like climate change pandemics etc and to teach people some of the mechanics that they could use to actually do disaster management. And I thought that that was very interesting. Um, Okay. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, uh, that also led to, uh, because apparently this is the kind of thing that they do, uh, another uh, RPG, an educational RPG, uh, Lipunan, which was also in the Philippines, that tackled the problems with martial law. And I was like, well, probably a good mean? thing to know about. Fair. Fair. Um,
1: is this kind of like the the videos I have to watch at work for active
0: threats? <laughs> no, no. Actually, it looks far more engaging than those because I've been through those same seminars.
1: Oh. Oh, we, we also have VR headsets, apparently, that you can take those active threats things on oh really so you just get vr oh that's perfect shooter incidents and that's apparently traumatizing
0: wasn't that just rainbow six anyway (laughs) (laughs) um anyway the the martial law one i thought was very interesting because that that has a lot to do with like ferdinand marcos and that whole thing which is very relevant because apparently his son is running for president again over there Who'd have thunk? But at any rate, that one is, like, casting you in the roles of, like, student activists or, you know, uh, people that are, you know, in the government or something and leveling up as you basically try to do speeches and stuff like that to alert people to the, the problems with going into a martial law state. Um, now, Most of them. Most of them, yes. Uh, now, those seemed like really uh, kind of heavy, serious topics, but... I've Far also... heavier than this show deals with. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it also led me to look at some other things where they'll do resources for, like, anti-bullying or to recognize bullying for, for kids. In order to um, try to show and, and educate people on, you know, uh, things that they can look for to deal with situations like that. Uh, And it got me thinking about other ways that you might be able to use games as, like, a learning experience or a growth experience. Like, actually use a game for something that is going to be productive in in the real world. For learning, yeah. The gamification of doing things in the real world. Well, that's
1: a huge thing in a lot of different areas, too. Just gamifying things to make people enjoy the learning process and it'll stick with them because... If you gamify it, generally people will remember the moments from the game
0: and that will touch back on what they're doing. Ooh, mm, Yeah. I had thought a while back about the idea of essentially gamifying the very idea of life. Like when you go out and you do things, you know, you just, you make personal accomplishments. You would like have oh, okay. a, a, a You're... thing of... Yeah.
1: Thinking of the augmented reality type thing.
0: A little bit more like that, I suppose. Where you would actually have, like, a login that says that, oh, look, you met your goals, whatever the goals were, and you've leveled up, and you get...
1: That's what fitness trackers do.
0: It's essentially a fitness tracker, but much more broad in its scope, I suppose. Having had a background in, like, human resources, I would have much preferred to have like an orientation seminar where i turned it into a game where we were learning the ins and outs of of how to do the job and uh, i would have thought that that as a very useful way of of utilizing games i was trying to figure out like what might be some of the easy simple mechanics that we could take in a game and we might be able to utilize them to deal with something in the real world.
1: I mean, video games do stuff like that all the time too. There are tons mm-hmm. of video games that will teach you how to code, for instance. Oh yeah. Even if you don't realize you're learning how to code, it's like, oh yeah, these are like simple simple coding
0: algorithms. I believe my niece had one of those open um, where you can you know, make the little characters dance and in order to do that, you can take the little programming piece and you can move it over here. Yeah. Uh, to say, yeah, then, and if-then if, if then statements, essentially. You can yeah. do stuff like Basic that. programming language. If-then-then-that. If-this-then-that. If-play-then-learn. The tabletop part, though, there are certain things when it comes to just basic games, like a board game, that can be a learning experience, even if you don't necessarily see it up front. Sure.
1: Uh, Strategy and, and planning comes into that. As well, mm. oh yeah. Uh, so, like, strategy games are great because you need to be able to think ahead. Mm-hmm. So, critical thinking is a, is a skill. It's not necessarily like a workplace type thing, but well, I guess it is workplace type thing. Um, you know, that type of thing you can you can reinforce, not just learn, but you can reinforce through gaming that requires it. Although it may be limited to the scope of specific instances. Oh yes, sure. I need to move this troop over there because they're going to flank me. Kind of, kind of like through me playing Warhammer as much as I did, yeah. I got fairly really good at eyeballing distances of up to four feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are definitely a bunch of skills you can oh. learn, uh, math, probability, oh, sure. things like that, and, and tabletop role-playing games. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: uh, and also cooperative you know, endeavors and stuff like that. Team y- building! And, yeah, and and the actual, even though you have social skills in a lot of those RPGs, the actual socialization aspects of trying to work together and communicate ideas back and forth between people is kind of intrinsically necessary to yeah. do the role-playing experience itself.
1: And then, of course, you have games like Fate, which would also encourage and improve, uh, hopefully improve upon skills for improv and storytelling.
0: Sure. And more importantly, I mean, let's face it, who among us did not get better at packing after playing Tetris? I just moved a bunch. But see, now, every time I go to reorganize, like, uh, a dresser or a closet or anything, that song starts playing in my head. Does it? A little bit, yeah.
1: Because every time that song gets playing in my head, I instantly think of the man who arranges the blocks I kind of figured
0: you'd mention that meme. (laughs) The best song. It certainly is. It certainly is. So uh, some of the general mechanics that you could use uh, that can be used as a teaching experience usually involve actual creative pursuits that have multiple people involved uh, where you have to communicate ideas back and forth between them. Uh, Usually not a lot of chance-based mechanics. You don't see a lot of the, you know, roll-to-hit parts.
1: Oh, hopefully you're not hitting someone if you're learning how to, uh, you know, resolve conflict.
0: (laughs) I'm learning a disaster management simulation. Okay, roll roll for combat. (laughs) (laughs) Roll for combat. Okay, I I think we lost the disaster management (laughs) part of this. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, yeah, so not a lot of those kinds of mechanics. It definitely seems to focus a lot more on the, uh, on, on the actual communication of ideas. Uh, the uh, Sakunwari, again, I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly, about, uh, doing complex disaster resolution actually... Uh, was created as a multilingual game so that you have many, many different languages represented right there on the cards to make sure that people from any corner of the world could really play this and understand. Um, And yet they didn't translate the title into other languages for you. (laughs) Well, so the thing about it is uh, I can actually kind of tell you what the word means. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) Never mind then. (laughs) It's like, a assessment of disaster scenarios. So, I know that there are games out there that will teach some better life skills. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in every game that you play, but if you wanted to teach complex ideas, or if you, if you wanted to teach ideas at all, really, uh, games are not a terrible way of doing it or presenting it.
1: There's definitely a time and place for games to teach different skills in uh, things like that. Oh, sure. Um, and they can be really effective in the way they do it. Video games especially can be really well uh, good at some of these things, too. Okay. Because if you're having fun, you don't always realize you're
0: learning. You can use existing games. You don't necessarily have to make one from scratch. Um sure. D&D is actually a good one because you can present scenarios that do have some interesting... Uh, you know, connotations for your players because then they can figure out how to resolve whatever the conflict is. Um, And then, of course, there are board games where if you wanted to uh, use it as a teaching moment, uh, maybe the whole point of your Monopoly game now is not to make everybody else go broke, which was the way it originally was built.
1: Are you saying you're playing Communopoly
0: Socialist Monopoly.
1: (laughs) We've turned a capitalist game into a free housing for everyone game.
0: Well, actually, the the story behind Monopoly was that when it was the Landlord game before it became Monopoly, was actually to try and show the problems with the Landlord model and to encourage people to work together. uh, Wow, they
1: failed at that.
0: Yeah, because the woman who originally made it uh, had sold, didn't think she really had anything. She ended up selling it to a dude who ended up selling it to the people that made him a whole lot of money. So, kind of ironic if you think about it. <laughs> um, curse you, Milton Bradley.
1: I don't know if it's actually Milton Bradley, but I'm just giving the guy the name.
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't, no, his name, no. But the, I think it was Parker Brothers published it, but it was the guy that brought it to them.
1: Yeah, no, his name is now Milton Bradley forever.
0: <laughs> forever. <laughs> Your name is Milton Bradley for the rest of time. We're gonna make an
1: NPC <clears throat> in, a, in a tavern that the game, the uh, game's hustler. And, and a. Uh, in a uh, D&D or RPG of some sort and the guys going Oh yes, my name uh my name is Milton Bradley.
0: And now what you have to do is you have to go and uh, kill off my terrible competitors the the notorious Parker brothers. <laughs> and the my Parker
1: brothers. He has a bro.
0: Yes, he has a bro. <laughs> and then you can just go see my money manager. His name is Mr. Moneybags. He'll take care of you over there. Oh, God, please let us never make a and d version that's just Monopoly, where you have to go well, around and buy taverns all over the place. That'd except be...
1: now we're going to. Now we're going to. Do you know how much money PCs have? A lot. They should just start
0: buying towns. <laughs> so that's, I guess that's the lesson we're going to take away from this. Your PCs should just start buying towns. I guess... <laughs> so,
1: the learning experience we've gathered is that buying up every plot of land in your
0: town peak move peak move maybe what we, maybe what we really learned here is that uh you should necessarily use dnd to try and teach economics <laughs> because i think that the economics of the of how of how much things cost and how much people get is a little unrealistic So if you are out there and you have a subject that you would like to turn into a game or that you have taught in a game before, I'd be very interested to know. You can always find us over on our Discord or if you want to uh, catch us on socials, which will be in the links down below. That'd be great. Be very interested to hear from you. Alex nathan we got one more thing and the the one more thing is going to hurt a little bit but it's okay Raines. we're going to get... hurt
1: more than power rangers
0: okay well i'm gonna leave some links for you two lists basically uh bad or i guess kind of freaky vet va- uh, games that were turned into board games uh basically all you're gonna need to know about all of this is that uh, sometimes people will turn something into a board game without having the, um, what do you call it? Thought process. Yes. Basically, sometimes people will uh, publish a game without thinking it through at all. Uh, But I do have a couple lists for you, and they are um, terrifying, Wanted to go over a few of the examples, a lot of you these You gave me are a older. list
1: of 56 yes. things. I did give you. A lot of them are are uh, copies. Which one should
0: I click on? The first one. Okay, I'm only looking at one. Okay. We're not going to talk about all of these. Good. I will I will leave the list in descriptions down below if people want to see the full list because uh, there are some Some fascinating ones but I really just wanted to touch on a few and note uh, these are not concepts for games these are games that came out really want you to know and yes a lot of them are a little bit older Uh, so the first one that really hit me oh yes this one was a little bit odd not the worst among them called Big Funeral from Big Funeral let me from 1964 uh, which is called A Card Game for the Mildly Sane. The Mildly Sane. Mildly Sane, yeah. Um, which is basically making a family game night around the uh, concept of funerals. And uh, has objects like make your friends look cheap, send them to Slob Hill in an orange crate coffin. So someone I published think, that. I think
1: this game would do great these days. Mm-hmm as a meme
0: game oh it sure would in fact a lot of these are probably going to be meme games the 14 on your list since we were talking about educational gaming experiences teaching people's things maybe not like this there's a game called smokers wild from 1978 I get it instead of Joker's wild there you go They refer to it themselves as the hilarious anti-smoking game. The idea is that it's a game that will convince you to not smoke. The box art is a dude with three cigarettes in his mouth and another, like, four in his hands. So instantly I don't take this seriously. The idea (laughs) is to move around the board without smoking. And if you fail to do so... It advances time on your life a meter and could end in your death these things are uh, are literal games folks don't worry it gets worse number 16 from 1981 a game called capital punishment that's my
1: favorite type of game
0: literally the the goal of this game was to get your four criminals into either life imprisonment death row or the electric chair that's how you win. That's how you win the game. <laughs> it was basically, as another uh, listed and mentioned it, the pro-death penalty punishment game. They made a board game and, like, marketed it to kids. Woohoo,
1: I'm skipping right down to 26, Nathan.
0: Yeah, I thought that you might love that one.
1: The old favorite with a wonderful new twist, Spin the Bottle Game.
0: Oh, yeah. One I for the that.
1: whole family. <laughs>
0: I kind of thought that might catch your eye, because when I saw that, I was like, boy, of all the things. And for people who are thinking, like, yeah, you've heard of Spin the Bottle. Listen,
1: (laughs) this is the Tennessee edition.
0: (laughs) We're going to Arkansas. For those playing along at home, the Spin the Bottle game is not Spin the Bottle like you know it. This is literally supposed to be turning the Spin the Bottle game into a family game that has, like, a board with a bunch of numbers on it where you spin the bottle, and I guess stuff happens. But
1: Yeah, the numbers are how many times you have to kiss
0: the person. The person... <laughs> the, the graphics on this does not help at all. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the family. Mom and Dad are down on the floor. The kids are all around them. It's it's just... It, they're having a Dad's good old Dad's looking time. at
1: his little girl, and she's like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What are we supposed to do now? Um... <laughs> I will mention a couple that you skipped over, though.
1: Yeah, I was just scrolling down. And oh was sure. Like,
0: oh, yeah, wow. that is that is scary. On a similar note, actually, I will uh, put your attention to number twenty-one, which is Feely Mealy from nineteen sixty-seven.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't need to buy this game, no, to do that. You just got to get a cardboard box with a couple holes. There.
0: Yeah, I think it was just the way that they were presenting it where I I just like the game that gives you a funny feeling. And for people that don't see the box, basically you have a few kids, they're around this box and it's basically the what's in the box game, right? It's the, you have the cardboard box and there's like something you put in and you try to feel around in a dark box. And this one is from four different angles. So I guess, I don't know. There's nothing that could go wrong here. Nothing at all. From ages five to 14. There's Milton Bradley. It was Milton Bradley, though. I blame Milton Bradley. Number eighteen, though, I find fascinating. You know how we were talking about serious matters that you could tackle with with a board game? Probably not the sinking of the Titanic. Listen, that's a serious thing until you read the description, the game you play as the ship goes down then face the perils of the open sea. So the goal, as it's described, is to uh, get food and water from nearby islands after it's, uh, it's like, okay, now we're completely off topic. What are you talking about? <laughs> Until the rescue boats save you. And the last player standing wins, and everybody leaves with a very confused history lesson. I keep thinking to myself, what are the win conditions? Are you the one that survives, and you have to make sure nobody else does? Well, I don't maybe, why now. would
1: you not let anyone else survive?
0: Because of reasons? Well... Oh, fuck. I don't necessarily think that it was a, a particularly great idea to do that there's also one on there that's Hangman which is just the Hangman game but it tries to show what it's talking about by having Vincent Price on the cover uh, at a hanging post with the noose in his hand someone published that game also, on that other list that I gave you, the weirdest version of Risk that you'll ever see, the War on Terror, the board game. Oh, I didn't realize that was Risk. Well, they, they say that you have to think of it as Risk, but it's supposed to be a satirical version of Risk. But the doodle graphics and everything on it do not necessarily lend itself to being taken seriously. You can find copies of this for like 200 bucks on Amazon now. At one point, it was even confiscated by police. I will tell you about this one. I think we're almost done, but this one is great. It's Outrageous Party Mug Shots. Great. And I love the way that they're marketing this. It's so much fun, it should be a crime, with 100 plus activities. Just to kind of explain what this game is, it's a party game, and the cards want you to take pictures of you and your friends in acts of partying and then post the mug shots that you make with the nameplates and everything to social media. So my question
1: with this one is... Gal, yeah. Does it come with, like, a, a QR code Snapchat filter or something?
0: Oh my god, that would be amazing. They yes. might have thought that through. They probably didn't. <laughs> When's this came from? Oh, you can buy it at Spencer's, of
1: course. Oh yeah, it's a Spencer's. at Spencer's.
0: Yeah, of course. You can buy it Maybe. right now.
1: Maybe it just comes with the nameplate, and it yeah. comes with, like, a backdrop that's got this thing in the background.
0: Yeah, I, I doubt that for what they're charging. I think it's, like, $13. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's very feature-rich. But I mostly like to think of it as the You're Fired simulator, because I feel like you're just asking for trouble putting nameplates in front of partying pictures where you're having a good time, posting posting on socials. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Nathan, where were you on, uh, where were you on Thursday when you called in sick? Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm just, uh, checking your Facebook here, and, um, why do you have a mug shot where you're drinking a beer? Because I thought it would be fun. Finally, or at least for me, finally, the one I thought was very interesting toward the bottom of that second list is one called Foreclosed where you get to relive the nation's housing crash as a creditor. Great! is this from 2008? I'm sure it's set in 2008, yeah. It probably is. It only takes 30 minutes to play, and about as much time to lose all of your money. Uh, Six players. And I think my favorite thing is that on the box art, you have all of these people that are, you know, talking about things they want to buy, And then the guy crying with no money in his pockets looks like Mr. Moneybags. But he's very sad right now. I don't know why he'd be sad. I don't think that's how the housing crisis worked. But
1: Okay, I was just looking. This article, 26 Funniest Freakies Board Games You Can Buy. This was written in 2016. This was written in 2016. Mm. So this is a bit outdated. I had clicked on the Monopoly FedEx edition. Mm. and it said that new copies are available for about $53 on Amazon so I clicked on the Amazon link because it is a link mm. and it is $150 oh my god Oh and then no. the giggle pants that says it's $14.99 on Amazon $90 $90 <laughs> Capital Guessing... Punishment says it's 114 oh no that page is not good at anything sorry
0: not giggle pants I want to buy some giggle pants it actually comes with a set of Giggle Pants, which is pretty great. Oh,
1: Food Chain Magnate
0: is still almost right. It's $136. <laughs> I'm going to guess, then, that a lot of these are not currently in print. A lawsuit you cannot buy. The website is not operational. Foreclosed. Let's
1: see. Is Mercury Games still around? Well, well they I... are. No results found.
0: Oh, good. So Mercury Games is just not around. I guess they got foreclosed on themselves. <laughs>
1: they probably got a lawsuit
0: they have uh wow wow mm-hmm.
1: they have big city 20th anniversary anniversary jumbo edition for 150 dollars mm. the game container a reprint of it for 150 dollars the walled city Area borderlands 60 dollars shop in time 25 dollars Princes of the Renaissance for sixty dollars and the Capitals for sixty-nine ninety-five. I don't know any of these games.
0: I like that they have a thing called the Walled City, just Londonderry and Borderlands.
1: The <laughs> prices on these things are ridiculous. On of course, love,
0: so. you'd you'd also have to have like a, uh, I don't know, a market for any of them. <laughs> Oh, and uh, the final entry, by the way, on that second list, of course, is The Green Lantern Saves the Earth. Yeah, because Ryan Reynolds is never going to be able to live that down. I'm sure he's lived it down by now. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's doing great. (laughs) He's great. We don't have to remind him of the Green Lantern game, but I kind of want to buy it now. Um,
1: So many of these are...
0: I don't think I can. I don't think uh, I can buy. <laughs> I can't buy Green available. Lantern. I feel bad now. I do. Uh, the War on Terror is not available. They confiscated. <laughs> sorry, <all>. everybody.
1: It's <laughs> been canceled.
0: <laughs> Sp- folks, I'm sorry to tell you you can't buy the War on Terror game. I wish you could. Sorry. But
1: what yeah, about? Yeah, a lot of these are no longer games you can
0: find. I'm sad now but also not surprised at all.
1: Which which actually makes them the collector's uh, editions they said they are.
0: Oh yeah. But you know what is still available and is still the price we thought it was, Alex? Mr. Bacon's Big Adventure. On that (laughs) note... (laughs) Alex, have have I broken you today? I feel like, it, I feel almost bad that you I put, should I pu- that I put you should feel bad. I feel bad that I put
1: you through. you bad, and you should feel bad getting the trash can <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> with the... <laughs> All those games that you can't find oh anymore. Oh my god. I've been foreclosed. I
0: told you that you couldn't buy foreclosed anymore. I told you that they made an, basically like a family version of Spin the Bottle. They had to make games about martial law. I told you the Power Rangers RPG <laughs> is happening. I'm going to
1: just bleach this all from my mind <laughs> after we're done.
0: This is either the best or worst episode we've done, <laughs> depending on who you are out there. At any rate, though, Alex, if they wanted to find other best or worst episodes of Total Pebble Knockdown, where could they go?
1: You can find the best and worst episodes of Total Pebble Knockdown <laughs> over at com.
0: That's right. And when you are over there, you can even check out our Patreon, where we will have full video versions of the episodes before they go. are simply... The worst. They are the absolute worst. Don't worry. Uh, you will find uh, also the worst are outtakes uh, in, in a special bonus video. Uh, the last couple weeks I hadn't had a bonus episode because, frankly, we, we didn't talk about anything out of the uh, context of the show, or we were talking about stuff that is projects in the works that we can't discuss yet, so... I figured that the only content I really had as bonus episode was mostly us blinking and staring at the sky, and you didn't really need that. Maybe there's some B-roll I can get out of it. We'll see. Good future planning. You can find the podcast on any app known to mankind, uh, and if you have Anchor and you are signed up over there, you can even leave us video clips on the episodes, and we video may... clips or audio clips. I think they actually have a
1: video thing. We haven't looked at that. I don't want to look at that. Uh, We don't.
0: There may be video clips, but there's definitely audio clips that you can send off to us, and we will hear them. So that's fascinating. Uh, And if you want to have more of a discussion, uh, we also do have a Discord server, and we have a very active community over there that discusses the episodes at length. So you can check us out there. You can also find us on many different social media apps... Uh, including Twitter, and I am at Citanium. I am
1: at EXP Limited, and the show is at Pebble Knockdown. That's correct. Also, big shout-out to our
0: patrons. Yes. Big shout-out to our patrons, uh, Bonnie Ainsworth, uh, Datum, Seagoach, and ha- Cannibal Halfling Games, and, and then our newest uh, patron, Granite Mink. Granite Mink. Mink. I wanted to make sure that we were using the, uh, title that our patron preferred. Yes, I asked. Good. We have asked, and it is Granite Mink. So there we go. That's everybody. Everybody's in the pool now. Hopefully uh, not the same pool. Not the same pool. It's a kitty. That is not rum. There is no room in the ball pit. No room in the kitty pool ball pit. Ten more minutes in the ball... One more hour in the ball pit. <laughs> Did they ever make a board game out of that? The ball pit? Yeah.
1: I don't think you can play board games in a ball pit.
0: No, Um. from uh, Dashcon. I have no idea. They really should have. It would have been amazing. They uh, probably did. Of course, the problem is that the board game would also be just as disappointing. <laughs> so Perfect. <laughs> Collector's Edition away. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things that we talked about on the show were basically the board game equivalent of the ball pit, <laughs> for this. I'm sure
1: this show was more exciting than most of those games.
0: Yes, it definitely was, and twice as exciting as the Power Rangers game is gonna be. Oh my god, it's hey. You know what? If if they give me a copy, I'll try it. I don't know who I'm gonna get I to play will with me. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to find some random people who don't understand what RPGs are. We'll, we'll do it for the patrons only. That's right. That's a Patreon exclusive, folks. Um, until that time, the scary time in the future, I am already picking green. Until that scary time where I get to be the Green Ranger, we are out of here. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you on the next one. Goodbye, for now. Bye. Bye. Forever. Until next week. Alex, if you were a Power Ranger, what color would you be? No. (laughs) No. Alright. Alex is still on the fence about it, but let's go. (laughs) No, I I enjoy Tabletop. Obviously, the show
1: is a lot to do with Tabletop, so.
0: Exactly. Having an episode
1: all Tabletop is pretty good, even though I think part of it is... I'm gonna be dealing with video game-ish. So, anyways, we'll just get into the episode. You guys are gonna enjoy it when we get there. I think if you're listening to the podcast version, Nathan has already told you what is on the show uh, in the intro. So,
0: pretty much, well, sort of. So, this has been a trip through hell, and. <laughs>